You're listening to On the Road, Our Way, the archive of the podcast formerly known as Women on the Road from 2017 to 2020, hosted and produced by Laura Borshevsky and a production of Rabble Media. This episode of Women on the Road is brought to you by Deuter. They've been making technical hiking, backpacking, snow sport, bike, and travel packs German-engineered since 1898 for comfort, fit, and ventilation. We've seen them on the trails as far from home as Patagonia and as close as New Hampshire. And speaking of German, stay tuned for later in the episode when a member of the Deuter team teaches us a few phrases. Stay equipped for a life of adventure with a durable, comfortably crafted Deuter pack. Find your perfect fit at Deuter.com. That's D-E-U-T-E-R.com. This episode of Women on the Road is also brought to you by Bestowed Essentials ethical and eco-friendly self-care products that don't break the bank. Everything from Bestowed Essentials is handmade on the road in a camper van using solar power and comes in plastic-free, zero-waste packaging and is certified vegan and cruelty-free. From soaps and tooth powder to face toners and masks, reclaim a little self-care time for you, whether you're on the road, just off the trail, or spending an evening at home. Learn more at www.bestowedessentials.com. That's bestowedessentials.com. I'm Laura Hughes, and you're listening to the She Explores podcast series, Women on the Road, a podcast to bring you closer to some of the honest experiences that life on the road has to offer from the perspective of women who've lived it firsthand. Something that we've always loved at She Explores is looking at patterns, where commonalities run strong and where they diverge. And the world is full of patterns including those that exist between all of us in how we experience the outdoors and travel through it. This episode is going to pay tribute to that in a way, while also giving some insightful tips and advice from women who have experience with road travel. A little behind the scenes to our show. For the past several episodes we've produced, I've been asking each of our interviewees the same five questions at the end of each interview, covering a variety of popular topics and questions we've seen online, over email, and in our Women on the Road podcast Facebook group and I've been saving it all to air on a later date. If you listen to the show regularly, you'll probably recognize the voices of our past 10 interviewees. Liz Snyder, Rachel Woodward, Shruti Lapp, Kayla Perez, Megan Cable, Laura Austin, Jamie Serbell, Macy Pate, Emily Breedlove, and Martha Hudson. Some of these women are part-time travelers, while some live on the road long-term. Some own businesses or work from the road, and some saved up to make it happen. Some travel solo, while others travel with a partner. And they're all going to share their answers with you over the course of this episode. While I know there's a saying about free advice, I really don't think that applies when it comes to road travel. In such uncharted territory, more perspectives usually help. And this is worth tuning in for, for the patterns, practical tips, and bigger life lessons from women who've been there too. Okay, that's enough from me. Let's get to the questions. The first one I asked... What was the biggest challenge you overcame to get to a more mobile lifestyle? The biggest challenge would be my disassociation from physical things because we like sold all of our belongings and things like that was the uh, biggest transition when we began this journey. For me, it was definitely a low income. I needed to figure out 
how to make enough money to live my regular day-to-day lifestyle, let alone begin to save for a traveling lifestyle. The biggest challenge that we faced was getting the van prepared and up to speed for our trip. And since Peter has owned the van for over 12 years now, and that was his daily driver for a while, we had to make the transition from the van just being a daily driver to being our daily driver and our house. (laughs) I think the biggest thing I've overcome is my own fear of feeling like fear that my business isn't going to support me or fear that the bus is going to break down and I'm not going to have any idea how to fix it, which I don't. (laughs) And the fear that I'm going to run out of power and I won't be able to, I'll get behind on my orders, which is something that happens all the time. And I think like part of why I'm adding like these other commentary to this is that these things do happen. And I think one day I just decided just to get out there anyway, and you'll figure it out. In addition to leaving a really close knit community of friends in the Bay area, that many of which were within walking distance to where I lived, I think that the biggest challenge was actually just getting over the idea or this feeling of what I should be doing with my life. And I think that I think that should is a dirty word, but it's so easy to fall into this pattern of thinking in terms of should. And I try to be really cognizant of any time that I use that word and checking back in on what I really want. And, you know, that's what I did when I lived in San Francisco. I had a solid job and a rent-controlled apartment and a very comfortable lifestyle with lots of wonderful friends in the area. But at the same time, I just, I felt like something was missing and I felt like I should be happy and that, you know, modern civilization would tell me that I was successful, but it didn't feel right. And so those are really some of the things that drove me to, you know, make a change. And in this situation, that meant going on the road. Definitely the financial aspect. We're poor college students. (laughs) We had to figure that out, kind of navigate that. And it's not practical to do. And also, I think just not talking yourself out of it is a really big challenge that we both face because it's It'd be really easy to do that, but we just didn't even think about how impractical it was, and we just kept moving. (laughs) I think for us, it was leaving our job that we loved and finding the time in navigating leaving our job and still working full-time, finding the time to build the van into a home and finding the money to make that happen as well. And learning how to build because we had no idea. No experience at all. (laughs) nailed things to our deck so (laughs) it's always interesting to see how different travelers tackle the everyday challenges that come with living in a tiny mobile space so i asked what are your favorite hacks for living on the road things that have made your travels easier red box (laughs) totally it's really great to have we've watched so many movies yeah Safeway parking lots have been a lifesaver for us. And there's an app called Gas Buddy, which gives you all of the gas prices in the area and like tells you where the cheapest one is. 
which has also been a lifesaver for us because Little Mont does not get good gas mileage. <laughs> not at all. Stocking up at Costco before I hit the road because sometimes you can hit long stretches and there's not food around, there's not water around. You always want to have plenty of supplies on hand. And I think this one, it's not exactly a hack, but letting people know where and when you're going to be someplace. I like to give friends and family my trip itinerary so they know if I haven't checked in, well, Kara should be in Idaho today. Like, let me give her a call and make sure she's there. I have never felt unsafe on the road, but I know that really helps like my boyfriend feel <laughs> fine when I'm like, I'm taking a road trip by myself. Bye. <laughs> First, the, maybe the most important hack, but also the most basic, is that hot water bottles are magic. <laughs> the hot water bottles are incredible, and they have saved me. And it took me a while to figure out how to heat the bus, but once I found out that, I've been fine. And then the another hack would be that I don't always trust my refrigerator to stay on just to be safe I buy my produce and my perishable things as I go like only two days worth so I don't have to clean up giant messes and then the last thing would be I learned from my friend actually um, who spent a lot of his life on the road it would be to any town that you come into like try to make friends with the people there and talk to the checker or the barista or your waiter and, you know, ask them questions about gorilla camping. I mean, not everybody gorilla camps, but I do. And I like to know how the community feels about that. If there's any like amazing spots to do it, where the best swimming holes are. And I feel like it's allowed me to interact with a space in this really special, intimate way that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And also had like epic adventures. <laughs> Having a self-sufficient coffee setup, I'm a pretty big coffee snob. So for me, having like I have a very strict routine when it comes to coffee and I have a hand grinder and I use a scale and everything. So it's nice to not have to try and find a good coffee and just being able to make it yourself. You're a woman on the road. You're going to come to a point where you're going to be staying in a parking lot where there isn't a 24-hour bathroom for you to go use and you totally can't just go outside and go pee. Um, get some sort of number one device for you to go to the bathroom in. It just makes, it has made our life so much easier and it just, I don't know, it feels cleaner maybe to have that mm -hmm. instead of going pee in a parking lot and being stealthy about it. I don't <laughs> So that would be my number one hack. Mine are all bathrooms. No, that's a great... <laughs> that makes sense for sure. Otherwise, I think it's just finding routines that work for you. So I think about like doing dishes in the van a lot. We have a pump sink. So, I mean, you literally get like an ounce of water when you move the pump. So doing dishes is kind of a pain in the butt. But it's not that bad, especially if you... I always boil water in the kettle. Yeah. And use hot water to do the dishes, which is similar to backpacking or something, living on the trail. You would do that to get some clean dishes. But also, in doing that, you heat your van yeah. just by heating water on we the have, stove. Yeah, we have a propane heater that we have in the van that we can use, but 
we've realized that when we steam up some water, it heats the inside of the van fast enough that we don't, it just cuts that chill off really mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah, so we don't really ever have to use our propane heater. No. And it, we've been in some pretty cold, cold areas, cold oh. nights especially. Bring a sleeping bag with you. Don't just rely on your bed. We've had some really cold nights. Our dog has a sleeping bag. If you have a sleeping bag and it's super cold, you just jump in that thing. You don't even use your sheets and you like bundle up. It's been mm -hmm. super helpful for us. While driving around North America last year, we came up with a pretty good system for finding free camping, I think. And we spent most of our time in the Western United States and there's so much space out there, plenty of public land, BLM land, national forests, that kind of thing. So that was really nice to focus our most of our travels in the Western part of the States because that's something that's not as accessible to us because of the fact that we're from Nashville. So we've had plenty of the East, and so that's why we decided to just focus on the West. And focusing on one part helped us, I think, see a lot more rather than focusing on driving all over the continent. And we used freecampsites.net a lot and took advantage of all of the Volkswagen driveway groups that there are on Facebook. It's basically just a place for you to post on there like, hey, I need a place to sleep. Here's where I am. People respond and you get a place to sleep, park your car, maybe even a shower and a new friend. <laughs> so that was that was really cool to have. And then the second hack, the iOverlander app was really great, uh, especially during our time in Baja. And that was our first I guess, taste of taking the van to a country where we didn't completely know the language. So it was really nice to have the iOverlander app when we were there. And then in South America too. I mean, it helps us find places to eat, drink, ATMs, laundry service, potable water, even places to stay. People who just put their homes on there and invite travelers to stay with them. Like we stayed with a really nice couple in Colombia who just put their home on iOverlander and it's completely free and and they became really good friends. And that's my next point with using the iOverlander app um, and us using it while we've been traveling around South America is it brings you to other travelers who might be camping there also. And we've met a lot of people that way too. We're digital nomads. Um, we make our living working online. So our biggest travel hack is we have a WeBoost cell phone booster and how we like find the awesome off-grid spots and are able to work is we use an app called Open Signal, and it shows you exactly where your cell service is with like a very detailed map. And then we basically overlay that with freecampsites.net and just see where the spots overlap essentially. And then in some of the places we might have like a corner bar service, but then we turn on our cell phone booster and we have full bars and we could get all of our work done in these beautiful secluded spots. Learning to effectively use Google Maps for all sorts of different things. The biggest thing that I love about Google Maps is being able to use saved locations. And so I will either scout out at a place before we go there and save either potential places that we could sleep or restaurants that I want to go to and having everything kind of centrally in one place on the map, I think is just 
awesome, especially because our plans change so often. And I'm such a visual person that I kind of just need to see everything laid out for me. So then when we go into a place, I can kind of look at the map and see what I had already looked up or saved. Or if someone makes a recommendation for a place that we think will go in like three months, I'll just save it now. And then when we get there, it'll pop up and I can kind of remember what we wanted to do there. And then I think a second one is really just the mindset of keeping it simple. If you think you need it, you don't. And you really don't need anything until you absolutely know that you need it. And find things that serve multiple purposes just based on the small space and not filling it up with a bunch of clutter. And I think a third thing would be, um, it was a really big game changer for us to find a Wi-Fi option that was actually unlimited. So we traveled for about three months using our phones as hotspots and quickly learned that Verizon unlimited data plans are not actually unlimited and that we were running out of data like halfway, three quarters of the way through the month and then spending the end of the month really stressed out about trying to find places where we could work or get stuff done. And so we did a bunch of research and we found this thing called a Calyx mobile hotspot, which has a truly unlimited data plan. And you pay an annual membership fee of $600, I think. And it's on, it runs on the Sprint network. So you're limited by Sprint service, but the data is truly unlimited. And that has really allowed us to do life in the van and not always feel like we're trying to find somewhere to go work or get things done. We'll be back to hear more advice after this. This episode of Women on the Road is brought to you by Deuter. Deuter? That's how it's pronounced? Yeah, Deuter, named after the founder Hans Deuter. They've been making technical hiking, backpacking, snow sport, bike, and travel packs, German engineered since 1898 for comfort, fit, and ventilation. Deuter. Deuter. I feel you. One of the hardest parts of hosting a podcast is making sure I pronounce names correctly. But even if it's intimidating sometimes, it doesn't make it scary. Kind of like hiking and backpacking. It's always worth it. The Deuter team even taught me how to say women on the road in German. Uh, Women on the road is... Frauen auf Tour. Frauen auf Tour. Frauen auf Tour. Frauen auf Tour. Yep, that's good. Frauen auf Tour. Frauen auf Tour. Uh huh. You got it. Okay, a little better. <laughs> I'm impressed. Stay equipped for a life of adventure with a durable, comfortably crafted Deuter pack. Find your perfect fit at Deuter.com. That's D-E-U-T-E-R.com. This episode of Women on the Road is also brought to you by Escape Camper Vans, the largest camper van rental company in the U.S. and Canada. Recently, we had the opportunity to hear from Brittany Freeman, who spent a week exploring the Colorado Rockies with her best friend, living and traveling out of an escape camper van. My best friend and I took a six-day road trip to the mountains 
she just left for the Peace Corps, so it was our big trip in before you head out, and it was. I mean, we needed something affordable, and, I mean, we couldn't pass it up. It was lodging. It was way to make food. It was our transportation as well. And for everything that we got together, especially with us both flying in from separate sides of the country, I mean, it was absolutely perfect for us. Right now, you can get 20% off your next camper van road trip by using promo code WOMEN20 at checkout. Visit www.escapecampervans.com women. That's escapecampervans.com women to learn more. We're back with more questions and advice. Deciding what vehicle to travel in can be a complicated process, so it helps to have one or two priorities in mind. Here are some answers to the question, what was most important to you in choosing what vehicle you were going to travel in? And this is easy because I just knew I was going to use my car, my little Kia Rio. <laughs> Ideally, one day I'd love to have a van and be able to put a mattress in it and sleep out of that. But always going back to finances, that's a two-year financial plan for me. <laughs> so it's something I'm working towards. I mean, I, I've been obsessed with classic cars, but in the end, when you're traveling alone, I think the most important thing of the vehicle I'm searching for, for these type of trips is reliability. Really, honestly, how cheap it was. Yeah, something that was affordable, but also reliable. Obviously, something that if it broke down, we'd be able to practically fix pretty quickly. But it's also cute. So that's a good yeah, bonus. Yeah, something cute, too. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. This is easy for me, actually, because I only wanted something that I could stand up in and that had a ton of windows. Well, we wanted something affordable, so cargo conversion fan-esque. And then I knew that we would have multiple dogs and we'd want to bring all of our instruments. So storage was a big one for me, too. So something that we could fit a lot of storage situations into as well as affordable, which is why we decided on a conversion van. That we could stand in it. I know that sounds so silly, but... No, but we're both really tall. We're both (laughs) almost six feet tall. So it was really important to us to be able to stand in the vehicle. It just feels, to us, a little bit more homey when we can stand in there and cook in there. Yeah. If it's raining outside. That's our home, so we have to make it as close to functional as possible and standing up and having a queen size bed. We didn't want to be like crammed in this little box and then be like awake half the night curled up in a little ball. So we wanted to make sure that we still had like a couple luxuries that we had from living in a home. And we wanted a van that was in good, good repair. It's stealthy, but it's stealthy. It doesn't look pretty on the outside. People think we're like a plumbing service or Mm -hmm. something. And that's okay. We wanted that. So since we already own the van, we made little tweaks just to make sure we were getting the most practicality and functionality out of it. (laughs) Because like I said, it was previously just a daily driver. We never really lived in it long term before. So we had to make little tweaks just to make it ready for it to be an actual home. And also we're both neat freaks and we don't like unnecessary clutter. So... It was really important to us that we weren't bringing a lot of things or more things than we needed. 
So we did a lot of purging and cutting back on, on things that we owned before we even left. So I don't know. I think we just wanted to keep things simple. And that was important to us because the whole point is to get out of our comfort zone. You heard at the beginning of the episode that money was a common challenge to getting on the road. In fact, this has been such a big topic of conversation that we even did a two-part series on financing your road travels to address it earlier this summer. But it's always good to have more perspectives because there are so many ways you can look at saving and spending money on the road. So we asked our interviewees, what's your number one tip for financing this type of travel? Plan as much as you can. (laughs) I know there are so many, and we've all seen them, if you're in into van travel, like you, there's probably some van account that you follow and it seems like so impromptu and wild and free and blah, blah, blah. And I'm all for that. Like, that's great. But for us, planning was, was really key. And it's funny because I feel like it gives us more freedom in a way. We both just worked and saved up cash for about five years before we finally actually moved into our van. So that's what worked for us. It's different for everyone, but there are plenty of people who wing the financial aspect and they end up being totally fine. So I think it's just your comfort level and don't feel like you have to do it one way because it's not going to work for everybody. So do what makes you feel at peace because that's the most important thing is that you're enjoying the trip and you're not overwhelmed with worrying about things that you don't need to worry about. Number one tip is understanding why you want to take this trip and what you'll give up to get it. You can have anything you want in life, but you can't have everything you want. So you don't get to go out to $100 dinners and take a five-week road trip. Um, So really hone in on why you want to go and figure out a path to get there. I think my biggest tip is just to spend the time and effort to make an actual plan and create a budget. I think the biggest benefit to creating a budget is simply to understand your spending. And it's important to both understand what you spend now and to try and plan for what you think your spending on the road would look like. And that can be really difficult if you don't have any experience living on the road, obviously. But I think there's enough tools and information out there to get a better idea. But I think you really need to sit down and make a plan to understand how much you're going to spend, how much you need to make in order to sustain that lifestyle, or how much you need to save ahead of time, and then really just put your head down and work hard and get to that number that you've planned for to get on the road. Save up as much as you can and cook everything because you save so much by doing that. And then we also camp for free as often as possible. Oh, and probably if you're going to a lot of national parks, the National Park Pass has saved us so much money. Absolutely. So that's a good one too. I think the biggest thing for me has been learning how to be willing to ask for help when the big things happen, like the big things you're afraid of, like the vehicle breaking down or you needing to totally revamp 
you know, the whole solar system that you set up or any big unpredictable expense that will inevitably come along. It's been hard for me to learn that skill, but it has saved me. And, you know, that could be like crowdfunding or it could be just like putting out there and seeing if you know anybody or you have any connections in that area and have a place to stay while your vehicle is at the mechanic or know anybody that has any specific skill that would totally save you right now and they'd be down to trade. Putting it out there to your community has been the best thing for me in financing this with like no money. (laughs) So my number one tip is sort of find out what your strengths are and see if there's a way that you can monetize that in some way. So if you're an artist, see if there's something that you can do with your art. If you know that you like take orders really well maybe look into traveling around working different temp jobs there's enough kind of work out there for nomads whether it's farm work stuff on the internet self-employed working for someone else there's enough options out there so find out what your strengths are um, because if you pursue that avenue you will ultimately be more successful For me, financing this type of travel, I mean, this travel has become part of my job. I I do a lot of commercial work that has nothing to do with travel at all, which helps finance what I do. But I think think finding a job that you can do while you're on the road is really important. And, And it doesn't need to be photography. I recently met someone at an RV park while I was traveling who was selling essential oils out of her Airstream trailer, and she made a good living. So I think Just being adaptable and finding a way that you can make money while you're on the road is very helpful. I think it's important to save before. Obviously, we weren't in high-paying jobs at all, so we didn't have a ton of money to spend or a ton of money saved, but we we had enough to feel comfortable leaving. If something awful happened, we could pay for it, and we knew that we could live for a while. And have an idea of what you want. If you're going to have, like, I mean, vans are super expensive. Even used ones are super expensive. People are uh, all know about van dwelling and van living, so they're going to hike up some prices. So just have a budget in mind. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you need to get a job, bite the bullet and get a job. There's temp agencies out there that are hiring for temporary jobs. You can find them just about in any city. Mm-hmm. If you need some extra cash. So just be open to that. You're not going to like be on the road and just live freely forever. Or at least we can't. So No, we actually just picked up a month-long job in Boulder, Colorado. And we're going to do that job for a little bit and make a little bit of money. And then we can continue on. And it's it's helpful, too, to be open to seasonal work and to temporary work. And it's cool because that's how you can also connect to a community really well. Yeah. Lastly, it feels like our shows wouldn't be complete without walking away with some words of wisdom. What one piece of advice do these women have for those listening who want to live on the road or who have just started? I'm a huge fan of just faking it till you make it. I think confidence goes a really long way and just decide you're capable. And even if you don't totally buy it, just like pretend it for a little while. And anybody who tries to tell you that you're not or you can't do this or it's too dangerous 
or you should probably grow up and live in a real house, which is something somebody said to me recently. <laughs> like, these people are probably no fun anyway, and it's going to be a lot of fun on the road, so don't listen to them. I think you don't have to be afraid. You should be cautious, obviously, and aware of your surroundings, but you don't have to be afraid to be a woman on the road. You can take care of yourself, and as long as you are aware of what you're doing and what part of the town you're in or, like, who's around you, you'll be safe and you'll be okay. So don't be afraid. <laughs> My advice is just go do it. <laughs> That's it. So anytime I get asked about women specifically on the road, I sort of go to think about when John and I went to Southeast Asia we had a lot of people being like, are you sure you want to do that? That's scary. You know, that could be dangerous, blah, 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 blah. And really all we had to do was research what concerns there could be, be prepared for those situations, but then just enjoy all the moments while we were there. So if a bad situation were to arise, chances are we were already educated on how to handle it and we were prepared whether it be physically mentally whatever on how to handle it and so I would say the same for women you know get your pepper spray educate yourself on how to diffuse situations how to you know protect yourself things like that but also don't walk around like with your fist clenched around pepper spray the whole time just like educate yourself and be prepared but then just enjoy your travels get out there do it and if a situation were to arise you will know how to handle it i think the best way to travel is any travel i don't think that you need to do the biggest most splashiest trip for it to be real travel if you can take a weekend trip to a state park that's traveling if you can catch a cheap flight to new york that's traveling so if you want to do more road travel or you just want to get started, I think just get started. Just try something and see how it goes and see what you can do on a small scale and build yourself up and build your finances up to that larger scale travel. Be prepared to have people tell you that you shouldn't travel alone. If you're doing it on your own. I've heard that that's something that's totally normal that happens to women who travel solo. But things may or may not go like you expected. But no matter what, you're going to learn a lot. And you're going to grow in so many ways. Just stay open to that because you don't know how that's going to happen. That You don't know how it's going to manifest or in what way. And just always remember that I think that's applicable to everyday life. Just be open. And above all, remember to put self-care first and be sure you're setting aside time to connect with yourself. Whether you're traveling alone or with someone else, I think it's easy to kind of lose yourself in focusing on so many things that are going on because it's very involved. You have to figure out where you're going, where you're going to get the things you need. But it's so important to connect with yourself. I think you just got to do it and you'll figure it out along the way. That's always kind of been my approach to most things is, you know, rather than planning and 
waiting is to just take action and figure it out as you go. But I think you need to listen, you know, to your body and to your mind. And if you're on the road, it'll kind of tell you if you need to slow down or go a little faster. And if you're planning to get on the road, you know, just taking a minute to think about what your real hesitations are. Are you just scared or is it fear? And if it is just fear, like the what's the worst that could happen? I think I'm very privileged to have a feeling that I can always just go back to my old life if I don't like this. But I've always believed that you have options and you get to make your own choices and that if this doesn't feel right, you will adapt. And so you're never going to know if you don't try it. My piece of advice would be to just go with the flow, whatever the van is for you and whatever it becomes for you that living that lifestyle, go with it. Don't try to cram your old lifestyle into the van that you're going to live in and have all this stuff. If that's what you need and you need to have this change, then you need to go with that change. Um, I think that we've just adopted it and whatever it is, it is. And it kind of alleviates a lot of anxieties that you have that you would have from your previous life by just accepting that it is what it is and this is my life now. So mm-hmm. definitely embrace it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And I would, if you're thinking about it, I'm going to just say do it because it's probably been <laughs> one of the best things that we've ever done. It's just awesome. I can't say anything bad about it really. I agree completely. I think just commit to the experience. If it's something that you dream about and desire, then like Rachel said, do it. And commit to making the making it the experience that you want it to be. Because when you do that and you open yourself up, that's when you learn the most, you have the most fun, you struggle the most, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and you just discover who you are and who you want to be and what you want to be yeah. in the world. Discover how strong you are and find that freedom. Don't let the fear of what could go wrong stop you from doing what you want to do. I live by this quote that fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. So I think there's so many people, whether it's taking a risk in their career or love or any aspect of of their life, I think the fear of what could go wrong prevents so many people from doing what they want to do. So I think living out of fear or not letting fear dictate your decisions, I think is a huge, huge thing for, for female travelers. Thanks so much to Liz Snyder, Rachel Woodward, Shruti Lapp, Kayla Perez, Megan Cable, Laura Austin, Jamie Serbell, Macy Pate, Emily Breedlove, and Martha Hudson for agreeing to share these answers with us all. I encourage you to tune into their episodes if you haven't already, starting back at number 21 with Liz and Rachel. We'll also link all of their social media handles and blogs in our show notes, so you can find out more about everyone you heard on the show and follow along on their journeys. Thanks again to our sponsors, Bestowed Essentials, Deuter, and Escape Camper Vans. Also, don't forget you can get 20% off a camper van rental through the link in our show notes. That's 20% off a road trip. It's truly an incredible deal, and we wouldn't want you to miss out. We'll see you next week. But if you want to stay inspired with on-the-road stories and content between now and then, make sure you find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Women on the Road and on Facebook, including our Facebook group for community questions, stories, and support. 
by searching for Women on the Road podcast. Also, if you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Lastly, if you like stories of adventurous women, chances are you'll really like our sister podcast, She Explores. You can find the She Explores podcast by visiting www.she-explores.com slash podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream stories. Music is by Josh Woodward, Jason Shaw, Jazar, and Heisen. Women on the Road is edited in partnership with Gail Straub and produced by She Explores. 